Unfiltered, unapologetic, real, raw and raunchy. This is the Unfiltered Talk Show Podcast with Kelsey and Taylor. Welcome back to another episode of the Unfiltered Talk Show. I'm your host, Kelsey. And I'm your host, Taylor. And today we're interviewing the most badass chick. Well, one, there's a lot of badass chicks, but she she's one. She's up there. Her name she's at the top. Yeah, she's up here. We're probably down here. Um, her name is Angel. <laughs> Angel. And if you guys don't follow her, she is a backcountry Barbie, right? Yep. On yep. Instagram. Oh, guys, if you aren't following her, man, like just go. Give her a follow. Yeah. <laughs> Stop right now. We'll take um, her on the link. You can just yeah. click away. Yeah. So I just, before we get into this, we are doing a live on here. Now you guys are not going to hear the full podcast on Instagram. If you want to listen to it, it will be on. We'd give that away. (laughs) And then we will answer some of these questions Questions. that people are throwing at us. Awesome. Well, yeah, my name's Angel, uh, social media. Everybody knows me as backcountry Barbie. I'm a local prairie girl from central Alberta, uh, respectively Camrose. So just an hour south of Edmonton is where I live. Uh, a lot of people think I live in the mountains. Unfortunately, Holla. I don't. <laughs> Some tidbits, I guess, about me that's kind of fun is my birthday is actually Earth Day, which will be the day that this uh, podcast goes out. So Thursday. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> happy freaking birthday. Thanks. So just kind of a fluke that that lined up that way. I have a um, lot of hobbies. Um, Honestly, I think I'm pretty dope at sledding and mountain biking, but that's my opinion. So, so hey, yeah. You got to um, be your biggest fan, girlfriend. Oh, yeah. you know what? That you. is so yeah. true. So true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, no, in a nutshell, I am a super enthusiastic person, as I've been told time and time. And I have a lot of hobbies and not a lot of money. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. That's awesome. So, is it safe to say that we can just call you Barbie for this entire podcast? Yeah. And you know what? Uh, I'll even, I'll fill you in. So a lot of people, when they hear Barbie, they think, oh, okay, yeah, you know, typical blonde girl, Barbie type in quotation figures as nicely as I'll put it. Um, Honestly, it was, so I started my Instagram account back in like early 2018. Uh, there wasn't a lot of female sledders on Instagram. So I kind of started doing that just to put the vibe out to show like, hey, I'm a girl, I can ride a sled, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, not so much look at me, but hey, you can do it too. Like, I'm not the only one. Uh, I mean, there's Steph Schwartz, she was on there. Um, Later down the road came other riders too that are a little up there as well. So I kind of started that. And one of my posts that I did when I was riding out in BC, uh, I was standing by the sled and you know what, I felt badass. And I thought, okay, what's what's a badass figure in my life? I'm a 90s baby. So instantly I thought, yeah, Like all the diversity and the cultural changes and all the stuff that she's been through. It's just like, you know what? I vibe with that. I vibe with that. So I was in the backcountry. I felt like a, like a really cool Barbie. So I'm like, you know, backcountry Barbie. And as soon as I seen your name and everything about your Instagram, I was like, like this girl's fucking goals. Oh, did you snow check a new sled? No, I did not. Uh, Going back to just being a super broke Albertan. That is pretty much my reasoning for that. So no, unfortunately, I did not. If I did snow check a sled, um, sorry to everybody out there on the other brands, but it would probably be a Polaris. 
Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you ride right come, now? Come, yeah, come riding with me and I will let <laughs> you ride my snow check Summit X. And I'll Ooh. change your mind a little bit. <laughs> I haven't wrote a new do, so I'm definitely down. For, I'm not brand racist in any way. I'm totally down for trying no, anything. Am I. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't have a sled right now. I've been in between. Um, but what I have been riding this past season that I really enjoyed was a uh, Polaris RMK 800. And I have rode a Chaos 850, which I did quite enjoy nice. quite a bit. So, yeah. Nice. I, I'm a, like, I'm a do person, but I love the sound of a Polaris. My neighbor has a Polaris and every time he starts that, I'm like staring at my window, like, let's not talk about what it does in the patties. But anyway. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, and the other question is favorite place to ride. Oh man. You know what? We live in a super beautiful country. Uh, there is so many areas that I haven't set foot on and there are so many areas that I have. And I've got to say Revelstoke it has amazing terrain. It's not as sketchy as maybe some of the stuff that I've been in, but Revy is gorgeous. Uh, I do a lot in Golden. Uh, I have a lot of friends that live out there that I go riding with. So that's pretty much my crew base is out in Golden area. And they also have amazing terrain too. Uh, what I've been told is actually Golden is some of the sketchiest riding. It's just a little bit more vertical out there. So, and a little more tree kind of stuff too. So I really, really respect the landscape out there. Um, other than that, you know, I've touched McBride. I really like Allen Creek, man. I am a snowmobiler yes. anywhere that Alan I'm on the Creek. snow, anywhere yeah. I'm on the snow. That is where I want to be. It doesn't matter, but yeah, no, our Western, uh, Canadian, provinces we we've got some gorgeous oh. gorgeous landscapes so. and it's so funny because I tell Taylor this all the time like I'm from Ontario you won't fucking catch me riding in oh, a mountain she don't get it she ain't <laughs> no, like, no. nope nope I like nope. Uh, I would like to stay alive although we it's all backcountry here like it's homemade trails um, the thing is is we have to cross lake after lake stream after stream we're always crossing water yeah. some people are like not used to that you know so i like to make that which water is sketchy Especially uh, in the winter time like when you're crossing like open sections of a frozen yeah. lake that's when it's yeah. scary yeah yeah and we get that like at the starting of our season and the end, there's a lot of spots. I actually, I don't even, I didn't even tell Taylor this because it was kind of embarrassing, but I don't know when uh, it was. It was a few rides before the end of our season and I fucking hit a side of the rock and like, it was like just enough to fit your sled. So there was a rock on this side and it was a and creek. I came around and I told myself, Kels, watch the freaking rock. And what do I do? I nailed a rock and thankfully I hit the side bank, but my back end went in and I'm like in the water and my fiance is like, he's gone. I'm like, oh, shit. he's, he's going to kill me. Like he's going <laughs> to be like, and, and I don't know if you girls are the same, but like, well, this is my first year of full-time riding. I, I'm a mom. So I wasn't able to get out for the last few years. Whenever I do something like that, it breaks my confidence so freaking bad. And then it ruins my day, but I had to like turn it around and I'm like, okay, accidents happen. Shit happens. Dude, do you know how many times I bury a fucking sled and can't get it out? I think of you guys, when you guys post pictures of you guys stuck, I'm like, okay, okay. This is not yeah, bad. You're but a I think girlfriend, I just I caused my man six hours with a fucking <laughs> shovel to get me out. So, <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I think too, is like, I like look at my fiance and all the guys that ride with, like we ride with, they all could take themselves out. 
sometimes like when you get fucking stuck, you need some more manpower. So Mm -hmm. you kind of feel like you're useless. Like where when I get stuck, no matter how fucking stuck I am, I'm sitting there and I'm like trying to yank it out. And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, this is not going to work. Yeah, I know. Um, And I hate when all the guys are like, just wiggle it. I can't fucking wiggle my way out of this. Are you fucking kidding me? Is there anything you wanted to add to that? Stuck suck. Um, they happen. They happen a lot. Uh, I think a really important thing that ladies specifically need to think about is, you know, snowmobiling isn't 100% glamorous like it is on Instagram. There is stucks all the time. I recently wedged in between trees. You don't really see that on IG. You only see the That's good true. side of it. So That's true. Yeah. Yeah, if even, you know, I, I don't really consider myself somebody I'm just a girl who really likes to snowmobile, but I get stuck probably a handful of times in a day yeah. when I go riding. So, so but that's you know, what I find makes it part of fun. Like I find it kind of makes things fun. Like my last few trips that I was doing, I was starting to get more confident with my riding and everything. And I'm like, I kind of want to get stuck today. Like I want to get <laughs> fucked up. And like, like when you're in a group of people that you're not really familiar with and you get stuck, it's like a the whole ride. It's like that stuck was the time where you spent talking and like bonding. And I'm like, this guy's fucking cool. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I... Whereas before you were like, who the fuck is this guy? What are you calling on? <laughs> I have really learned a lot of patience through my stucks. I think that's, you know, one of those moments where you kind of, you're stopped, you cry a little bit, you meditate, you wait for your buddies to come up and then you can go, you go, okay, lesson learned, you know, don't do this, do this, continue on. You learn from your lessons kind of exactly, thing. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's super cool that you say that because um, one of my good friends, Sam, actually, uh, she went uh, up to the mountains at some point and she got stuck or she was either, yeah, she was getting stuck a lot. And then she's trying to work, I believe on her left side of like, like and she was getting fr- uh, like fresh about it. And I was like, I'm glad I'm not the only one that gets emotional when it, that happens, but that's what she did. She had to collect herself. You know, we talked to ourselves in our helmet, like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. And you know, the other, the other side of the, the non-glamorous points of snowmobiling that you don't see on Instagram is, you know what? I'll openly say it. I probably tear up, cry, scream, cuss, swear at least once a time when I go for sure cry a little bit. You know, it's yeah. snowmobiling, especially when you're in the backcountry, it is very overwhelming. It's very empowering, but it can be mm-hmm. very, very scary and overwhelming yes. at points. And I openly admit that I have times where I stop and I am panicking, but I breathe, I cry it out, and then I continue on. And you know, I it just you just gotta roll with it. You just gotta build yeah. the confidence from there. And and I think a lot of the new women who are coming into the sport, it's it's really important for them to realize, you know, this is a super fun but also super consequential sport that we do. So to yeah. stop and think and get scared and you know take a breather, that's totally fine. Like do it. Yeah. Like do it. Don't let the boys say, "Come on, let's go already." Like no, take your uh, time. Sledding like, is becoming bigger for women. More women are coming on Instagram and they're seeing these women that have been riding forever or that have your sled might perform different than my sled. You know, kind of situation. Like don't um, compare yourself. But I I feel like I do because there's times where I get on and I'm like, 
why can't I fucking look that good? So, Barbie, what do you want to what do you want to tackle and let everybody else know? Near the beginning of this whole talk, what's really important is to really show that snowmobile life isn't as glamorous as it is as it is. Um, and I don't say that like in any disrespect at all. I just mean like, you know, there's a Real. lot of work that goes into it. My Instagram, I, I know the way that I've been showcasing it a lot lately, it, it seems like, oh man, she's living life. Like that's amazing. Like, oh my gosh. But you know, honestly, behind every photo, there is a grind, there's dirt, there is crap that goes behind it. So I really think it's important that people know, you know, each individual story rather than just like, hey, like, okay, she's a girl and she rides a sled. Like, no, like there, there's a little bit more behind it than just yeah. that. So, so I really, I really want to take this opportunity actually to thank you guys too, for having me on here. And uh, also thank you for having this platform where, you know, we can talk openly about this crap that we go through, yeah. which is called life yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and to really, you know, show where we get uh, in life. See, so. Again, I'm just a cowgirl from central Alberta that just like, I just like to ride. I actually come from a little tiny town north of Edmonton uh, called Westlock. I grew up there and uh, I grew up in the country. So acreage, farm girl, whatever you want to call me, uh, had sleds, had dirt bikes. You know, I've, I've, had the motorsports in my blood. Uh, actually, what's really cool is my dad was one actually who started introducing us. Uh, my mom, even when she was pregnant with me, she would jump on an old Scandic, I believe, and just rip through the fields. So I've kind of, you know, always done it. I, um, I have one of my favorite stories to tell uh, on how I started with snowmobiling is when I was five years old, my parents bought a brand new Skidoo Mini Z and nice. got it through the front patio door put it by the christmas tree and i mean this thing was the size of our kitchen table so they had to move that out of the way uh, and they they wrapped it and uh, i have an older sister and a younger sister at that time now a younger brother as well um but at the time the three of us girls it was the most exciting thing was to wake up and see this big box like huge box like what the heck is that so <laughs> so ripping ripping it open all of a sudden bright yellow mini z it was like what like no way we we didn't get a whole lot of christmas presents um just growing up in the country in the 90s yeah. there there wasn't a lot i mean as nowadays too their job opportunities were a little scarce and it was a little town that we lived in so my parents weren't well off at all so it was um, a really really cool experience to get something like that and i mean every every little skiff of snow that hit the ground i probably had it tracked <laughs> there was not a skiff that did not have a track on it so i i started really young by myself ripping down the ditch by myself my my parents didn't have snowmobiles to follow so they just said you know what this is your learning time just yep. go up and down swim baby Safe yep. Or yep. Swim. <laughs> up and down yep. the driveway stay safe don't hit the fence uh if you run out of gas you're walking home like it was, <laughs> it was a, a really good you know upbringing to to yeah. learn okay look in the gas tank check the oils check everything open the hood yeah. close it I was a kid I didn't know what I was doing I was just oh gas yeah. okay cool you know what though <laughs> I love that I'm gonna because nowadays things are done for kids and I fucking love and I miss that where our parents made us do those things and exactly you go that way have fun but you're walking home I'm not coming to pick you up nowadays it's given to the kids yeah, no, a little bit of tough love is, yeah. you know, it goes a long way. So well, look at you now. <laughs> yeah. Look at you now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was, it was really cool. I, 
I had a really cool dad who, you know, really wanted us to get into that and eventually wanted to get more snowmobiles so all of us could go riding together. Um, we eventually picked up some mini quads and some mini bikes, and he built a pump track in our front yard on the acreage, which was really cool. The summertime, we were riding these cheap little Chinese quads <laughs> and pit bikes around, and then in the wintertime, as soon as the snow hit the ground, I had that mini Z out and uh, ripped this like the track probably had nothing left by the time I outgrew it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And, and then, you know, eventually, like everybody, you, you grow up, uh, we got a bigger sled, uh, we got a touring sled. So we, that's when I started getting into Articat. Uh, I, geez, I was probably 10 years old at this time that we got uh, a Panther. So touring sled, we were pulling GTs behind it with us kids, yeah. like kicking each other off. And yeah, uh, you know, my life. Yeah, yeah dad, me too. dad pulling us, making sure that, you know, we were giggling the whole time and yeah. he would carve up and down the ditches trying to scare us while we're on our gts and <laughs> and even even solo rides too he would take me for a ride and and those those touring cats had the backrest on the back and its own little handles on the uh, side and yeah. i would sit in that seat and he would go up and down the ditch and he would carve it so hard and that was like the <laughs> craziest like just mind blasting let alone nowadays i put it on a side hill and i have the side panel touching the, <laughs> the ground and it's like oh this is cool look at me go but like yeah, back yeah. then the ski would leave an inch and it was like, oh my God, I'm going to fall off. I'm going to fall off. And it felt <laughs> like you were so high off the ground. Oh yeah. man. It just, just so, so cool. Like growing up in, in that kind of a setting is just, you know, I, I wouldn't ask for any other way. I, yeah. we, we lived in the country, so we didn't have, you know, soccer or anything that we, we would really go to after school. Um, so that was kind of our gig was, was to do that. And I, and I totally loved it. And I, I ate that up as much as I could uh. anytime. Anytime I could bug my dad, like, hey, let's go, let's go. Yeah. And you know what? Looking back right. now, I, I feel super blessed to have that life. Like, I know, um, speaking about like all the new ladies that are coming into the riding uh, scene, there seems to be a lot of them that, you know, just don't have the that story. And, and I'm really fortunate that I do get to like talk about how I came up with that kind of uh, a setting that I was yeah. able to do that. I guess to say too, I, I used to motocross. Um, I just, again, you know, growing up young with, with pit bikes and stuff like that, I kind of got into the the dirt biking scene a little bit harder, I guess to say. Um, geez, hopped down to a smaller bike and actually <laughs> I raced, I did my first ever I mean, That's kind of the reason why I started my Instagram was to get my my name out there and to be a platform if somebody needed to come talk to me and get advice and and I do and I mean I'm nobody to be giving advice but if it helps somebody to get confidence I'll, I'll absolutely yeah. jump on it um but the amount of other women who have been getting pestered it's it's almost you know it's sad like there is, is no I, I realize my Instagram looks really awesome and crazy and cool and stuff like that but I am probably the most broke snowmobiler out on the hill like i there's one secret i guess yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i am poor i am super super poor um so i sleep on friends couches when i go sledding i don't get a hotel room i can't afford it or i sleep you know in my vehicle which hasn't happened recently but it has a passion of mine like growing up doing it, it i've always always wanted to just keep going and actually um if we want to head back on a little bit of my life story, I know I'm kind of blabbering a lot. No, yeah. 
Um, But, you know, growing up in the scene and always having that around, it was my identity. It was what I knew. It was what I wanted in life. Eventually, my parents divorced when I was 11. So, unfortunately, I had a split life um, going with my mom. Uh, Obviously, we didn't have that life come with us that had to stay with dad. Um, So, every couple weekends was my chance to go riding. And, you know, what? I hardly ever see my dad. I was always out sledding or always out on the quad just doing something crazy. And... And I wanted to just keep to it. That was what I was. That's what I wanted in life. I was what my mom calls me even to this day, a gearhead. I have four siblings. There's four of us siblings. Uh, my oldest is into her horses. The gearhead. Uh, my other sister is a literature bookworm. And then my my little brother uh, works at a dairy farm. So he's a bit of a he's a bit of a farm boy, just a really chill kid. The identity is is something that I really wanted to keep going with yeah. in life. Um, and actually, there was even a point in my life where I lost that identity. And man, let me tell you, that is that's brutal. That's brutal. Like mm-hmm. the dedication I will put towards being a snowmobiler or a motorsports enthusiast, I will keep doing that. This is my passion. This is what I'll do. Yeah. Um, you know, if I have to sleep on couches and, you know, borrow gas money from somebody from my mom or anybody just to get out there, I'll do that. Back That's... in 2011, uh, my, my world, it basically fell apart. It was probably the hardest time of my life. And this is the chunk of my, my time where I lost a huge bit of my identity. I was um, 19 years old. I had just finished building. My dad was into auto body. That was his career path. So we had a shop, uh, on the, on the property and, we built this really cool S10 for me. It had Cadillac taillights. This thing was awesome, like black, perfect, low to the ground. The back tires on it were super fat. I still have it. It's actually sitting in my backyard. <laughs> um, back in 2011, uh, I was driving around in my super cool little truck through town and, and my phone was ringing and my dad was calling and it was like 11 p.m. And I was a 19-year-old girl with this really cool truck. I basically felt like a 14-year-old boy that got their driver's license. But it was my dad calling and I'm like... Well, that's weird. Like it's like 11 at night. Like that's crazy. The next day, uh, I got a phone call from my mom and she said, Hey, you, you better come to my, my house right now. We need to talk. So that was the day that my world basically fell apart. I, my dad had committed suicide. He hung himself in the garage that we built my truck in and that we had all of our sleds and all that. in. so it was a really, really so sorry. Thank you. Yeah. So sorry. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it it was it was and really strength for you to pull yourself out of that. Like I really, really was super glad to come onto your guys' podcast because I really wanted to get the story across because I want to let other people out there know that they're through perseverance, you you'll get through it. You will get through it. You have to believe in yourself. The night that it happened, he was calling me just before he so, had done. I didn't pick up the phone. I didn't know. I didn't get the last goodbye going through the the estate auction, watching my sled sell, watching, you know, the parts for my truck that should have been kept for it get sold. It was the hardest time of my life. I, I fell apart. I'm super stubborn and hard headed and I didn't seek the help that I probably should have. Instead, I just I drove my truck. I drove it. I drove tanks and tanks of gas. I tried setting up you know a career in gas fitting it didn't happen I just mentally couldn't do it eventually I got a job working at an agricultural and construction dealership fortunately I stuck with that job for a while uh it was in Edmonton I couldn't handle the city Uh, anymore moved back to Camrose moved uh, in with my boyfriend at the time which is now the hubs 
and we've been together for 10 Harvey years. So it does have a Ken. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. When I was like 23, 22-ish, 22, 23, I just, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I lost this identity. I was, I didn't know who I was, what I wanted to achieve in life as a young adult, just coming into the adult world. I said, you know what? I walked into my local Articat dealer and I said, okay, I'm going to buy that quad by myself. Like I, I work, I work at, uh, at the Chevy dealership at this time. I'm like, I make decent stack, you know, as a kid working in a wash bay, <laughs> I'm like, I have no bills, just my phone. Screw it. I'm buying this quad. So I bought a brand new DVX 300. I thought it was the coolest shit ever. Really <laughs> that thing. I would rip that up and down gravel roads, man. I loved that thing. I love that stupid quad. I didn't realize how much I loved it until I start talking about it. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> doing something like that, especially when you know, somebody in your life passes like that. And it takes, it takes a huge chunk of your life away from you. You just, you don't so much fill that hole. Don't fill it. That's unhealthy, but find that piece of you that's missing. And you know what, that was that piece, that motorsport side in my life. I really yeah. needed that. Uh, and what was really cool is right after that time, about, I think six months to eight months, uh, I was contacted by that dealership, uh, asking if I wanted a job. Hell wow. yeah. Hell yeah. I was super yeah. fortunate. I, I got to work there for about six years and, uh, it was Articat and it was, a uh, imported Harley, not, not an actual Harley Davidson dealer, but they imported Harleys to, to resell as used units. So I was really fortunate that, uh, I got to work around brand new machines and Harleys every day, all day. It like, was a really interesting set too because much like dealerships nowadays a lot of seniority comes into play like oh okay you know so and so gets to go on a sled trip you don't because you need to prove yourself a little this bit is where yeah. this is where the backcountry side of me came in uh eventually we got to do staff rides out in the mountains so mcbride oh. and allen creek and we're we're really i think all of us staff together we're really lucky to have the opportunities to do and, that uh, what was really cool is the development around that is eventually Articat was doing their their dealer demo rides and I was like Ooh. the only woman to go on these rides. So it would be That's like Western so cool. yeah, in Canada. Yeah. And out of all the dealers, they would, you know, a few select employees could go and and I got to be one of those employees for a few of the trips and I was the only girl I Kelsey Faye said to me one time Just is go out and have fun. Don't aim to achieve sponsor or don't aim to go out there for the best photo. Just go out there and have fun. Yeah, like when I go out, I kind of sometimes forget to take pictures and then I get home and I'm like, oh yeah. I don't have any pictures, but I enjoyed it in the moment where I feel like if you're going out to be like, oh, I got to get the best pictures. Oh, I got to this. It's you're not doing how is that fun? You know, honestly, so because I live in central Alberta, I don't get out to the mountains per se as much as I'd like to. So I don't get a lot of coverage, a lot of footage. So um, when I do get a photo, I, I get to post it. And it's like, yeah, this is awesome. That's uh, me too. Same way. <laughs> just, photo. Just, that's, you know what, but most of the time I'm riding. I, I yeah. actually, I recently start taking a GoPro. Um, I was just going to say, do you GoPro? A little bit, a little really bit. Really expensive though. I'm not spending that much money. Hashtag sponsored by mom. Thanks, mom, for loaning me your GoPro. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Mom's always coming Thanks, in clutch. Mom. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I, I guess, too, like going back about, you know, the loss in my life, um, I, I really took a hit mentally with my memory. Uh, I have a really hard time remembering things. And this is where, you know, seeking proper professional help would 
be, is really, really important to record, to, to take pictures. Where I live, it's prairie. I rip out the old 1978 Alain and I will ride the flatland. So invite yeah. me out. I'll bring the vintage. Oh, yes. I will show you. Yes. That's what I would that's fucking awesome. love because like, that's again, you guys, like I look at everybody from Alberta and BC and you guys all have like 2021s, you're snow checking this and that, and your sleds are fucking gorgeous. No, no, no. Over here in Ontario, it is very rare to find someone with like a sled like that. We're talking about the oldest sleds that are like basically oh, squished awesome. down on the ground. They're barely <laughs> fucking when they hit a bump, they like fly off the top. Like that's what Ooh, we have. Man, up. you got some Larry like, and Tyser stuff up there. Give you my question that I came up with. Yeah. If there is one single advice you could give to another woman, what would it be? Okay. Are we talking along the lines of sledding or just in general? Anything. Let's do general. Anything yeah, anything. Like. But gen- let's do general because you have some and really good. This like- general goes actually even both ways. Sledding, anything, anything life. Um, the one thing I think is everything takes time. I know that's super oversaid by a lot of people, but honestly, everything takes time. It takes a little bit of patience, a little bit of just stopping and breathing and thinking. Um, any of the situations that I've been through with life, I I mean, obviously I I get overwhelmed. I panic. I freak out right away, but time, time is all it takes for it to heal. Um, same with sleds. It just takes time. It takes seat time. I get told that all the time, seat time. And that's actually really good. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I haven't been as good of a rider, um, without the seat time that I've had. And that's all it takes. So any of those new riders coming into the um, scene, I, I can't do a wheelie. I can't put it on edge. I can't do this. I can't do that. I get stuck. Keep trying. It takes seat time. Um, yeah. I love know, that. It works with everything. Honestly, it works with everything. You, yeah. you have a struggle with something in life. It just takes time. I, re- I really like that because that goes back to my season this year. I, this was the for- first full season I had. And at the starting, I was rough. Um, I was not confident in my riding. I've Um, had bad experience um, with lakes. I've had family members actually pass away through lakes. So it was kind of scary. And I'm just the worst worrier. So when I go in the backcountry, I'm like, are my kids okay at home? A million things. As I started riding, I was like, damn, like, I started loosening up and my fiance would laugh because he's like boondocking everywhere, fucking going, there's me like, (laughs) just fucking nervous, stiff as a board. But I felt by the last two rides of my season, I'm like, I don't want this to end. So you mentioned that you worked at an Articat dealer that um, also imported Harley Davidsons. Yeah. Um, yeah. Were you at like the parts counter or were you like the lady that helped people? Because I, I just want to know, was there like guys who were like, can you get a guy to help me? Oh, like- boy. Oh, boy. So uh, when I first started, I started as what they called me the counter girl. So I would just run through invoices, et cetera, eventually um, developing on to doing the retail side, uh, bringing in, you know, all the, all the gear, making sure that I was, you know, providing the right equipment and gear for our, our clients, our customers, uh, as well as helping fill in for service when needed, like uh, service writing and mm-hmm. parts. So I kind of was the cover when needed. Um, even though I didn't really want a manager style position, nor was I really given that I, I kind of would 
have the initiative. If I had to fill in that hole, I would. It was really interesting working there. Um, The first, I I worked there for about six years and the the first year probably didn't see a lot of it, but there was a lot of, needless to say, harassment (laughs) and not like old pervs. Yeah, not, not, not from the employees there. The employees there were great. They were awesome. It's always the customers. I find like, even when I was a server, I can still relate to that. Like, here's your iced tea, sir. Turn around. He's like, oh, look at that ass. (laughs) What the fuck, Brutal. You know, sled sled guys are great. Snowmobile people are awesome. They're probably one of the nicest communities out there, but motorcycle guys and pigs <laughs> and i don't see it really changing anytime soon but yes Bad. several several times i've had the hey sweetheart you want to go for a ride and it's just like you oh. know he 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 no thanks um and, and what's really oh, funny is funny. <laughs> later down the road i actually i i got my own harley i um we had a used one used sportster come through and i'm like heck yeah like heck yeah this is this is the time it's it's cheap I'll buy it. It had a big bore kit in it. I put some nasty little, I don't even know what you call them, but they're really narrow, narrower than my shoulders, eight inch bars that were like square shaped. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make this thing just look nasty. It was a, <laughs> it was a Sportster custom. So it kind of looked, had that chopper look to it. So I just made it look almost like a rat rod. So then when I'd yes. have, the, when I'd have the guys come up to me to, you know, Hey, let's go for a ride. It's like, you know what? Look outside. That's okay. my bike right there. I ride. A I would t-shirt you know, and my leather vest, and it would be hot. So of course I'd have it unbuttoned a little bit. I'm I'm not a big show off the chest girl, but you know when it's hot outside, screw it and helmet and hair flowing. And I actually would have older men in if it was a double lane. Older men would look at me and stare at me and eventually come into my lane. So what? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, God, dude. You're rolling. You're rolling down the road, and her titties are just going. they're like oh yeah like it's disgusting disgusting so bad i don't even have titties and you know what it was was crazy it's like you guys like look at the year like it at that time it was 2019 or 2018 i can't even remember but it's like you guys like grow up this this isn't the 70s like grow up like you can't gawk at chicks anymore (laughs) no and you know what i actually started dressing like a guy i red plaid shirt uh men's vest men's um square style vest full helmet i tucked my hair under my sweater because i just i couldn't stand it i couldn't stand the risk of getting driven off the road by men that's one thing my dad always taught me like i grew up in the snowmobile industry with my father as well and i was never to wear pink you wear black you wear blue you tuck your hair in your helmet i guess one of the last points you know about working in a shop and and the experience you know being a female behind it is uh that wasn't really that long ago and and i really want other ladies out there especially ladies who are maybe in maybe a more heavier men set sport i want them to know that you know be a badass like a girl working at a, a motorcycle shop like that is badass keep it going Mm -hmm. don't stop um i unfortunately lost that position the dealership that i was working for they they just wanted out they were they were done they wanted out so they merged with another not so reputable shop here in town and uh that non so not so reputable shop uh owner decided to hand me a notice saying that i wasn't needed anymore life goes on man like it just takes time like i said 
you got to keep rolling with the punches and, you know, being, being, it is getting better every year, every year, like more ladies are coming into the scene, more brands are starting to realize the potential, you know, that there's 50% of us ladies too. And you just, just got to keep rolling with it. Like, what are your goals and your ambitions now? Well, currently, uh, I would jokingly say that I'm jobless, but I'm not, I'm actually, uh, building up my own business. Um, I kind of started with social media marketing just cause that's kind of what I know, uh, with small business and, um, photography. I love taking photos. Yes. Uh, although, your photos are beautiful. <laughs> I don't have a lot of photos of myself per se. Um, but I would really, I really do enjoy taking photos of people. So I'm trying to get to the development of yeah. more into I really enjoyed this podcast because I learned a lot of stuff from you and you also like built my confidence going into next year. Uh, I just wanted to share with all of our listeners today, um, especially with the topic being snowmobiling and the snowmobiling industry, uh, a close friend of mine, Kelsey Fay, Kelso Fay, known on Instagram, was diagnosed with cancer. Um, Testing didn't come back very good, um, but Kelsey is still going to give Little Winter a fighting chance and they're going to proceed with chemo. But being uninsured in the States, this is, they have to cover it all, right? Um, So I have linked their GoFundMe page on my Instagram at Mama Gids.